This is episode 90 of The Ship's Podcast with Alexa Eden. Welcome to Ships. My name is Pat McCandrew, and I am a professional actor, speaker, and coach. In every episode, we discuss a message related to the most important vessels in our lives. Thanks for being here today. Now let's set sail. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of The Ships Podcast. I hope you are all doing really well today and are coming to this episode ready to learn and ready to listen because we have an incredible guest joining us today who is going to shed a lot of light for all of us with regards to the wellness industry. Her name is Alexa Eden, and Alexa is an urban wellness consultant based out of New York City dedicated to revealing the unseen impact of our modern technology habits. As a consultant, she works in-house with corporate and creative teams to design marketing initiatives that nurture human potential. As we race toward artificial automation, Alexa Eden is the voice of human intelligence in the workplace and has dedicated her life to helping humans flourish over the next several decades. Her background in luxury fitness, integrative nutrition, meditative practices, and other holistic modalities lay the foundation for her unique process. So Alexa and I have an incredible discussion today on the SHIPS podcast. We talk about people looking for a sense of balance in their lives and what exactly does that mean in today's digital age. We talk about the importance of protecting our own space. And Alexa brings up this amazing concept of supporting our inputs. How can we support the inputs that we're inputting into our bodies and into our brains? We talk a lot about how technology is affecting the ways in which we live. And Alexa discusses how humankind, in a lot of ways, is a type of technology. And that's a very interesting discussion, so I look forward to sharing that with you all. We discuss how there needs to be a return to playfulness, almost like a return to our childhood, finding our playful nature, the freedom of expression, and then Alexa discusses the importance of noticing what you notice. I won't spoil it all for you because there's a lot of other great conversation topics that we discuss within this episode. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend who you think it might really resonate with. I feel like this episode is going to resonate with a lot of you. So, with all of that said, let me please introduce Alexa Eden. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Ships Podcast. Today's guest is Alexa Eden. Alexa, thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. I'm Really pumped to dive into this conversation because you are entering into this wellness space from a unique perspective, talking about something called urban wellness. 
And this was actually something that I didn't really hear too much about before encountering your work. But then after hearing the term, I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And it's something that's so important. So I'm really excited to dive into this conversation and learn more about this, both for myself and for our listeners as well. Well, I'm excited to share all things about it. It's been an interesting journey. And I think when it comes to wellness, everybody's different. And so when we can look at our life as an opportunity to fill it up with great things instead of just healing, uh, we get to live a totally different life. So I'm excited to share. Yeah, it makes a world of a difference. Uh, So I'm wondering if you could just start off by telling us a bit about yourself and what led you on to the path that you're now pursuing today. Okay, so I would say it started, I moved to New York City in 2015 and I got myself a job at one of the nice fitness clubs here in New York, Equinox Gyms. Oh, nice. I started at the top. <laughs> and I've always really cared about fitness. I've always really cared about um, health, well-being. And during my time there, I started realizing and picking up that people were really looking for the sense of balance in their life. You know, they wanted to go out late. They wanted to eat at the best restaurants. They wanted to wake up early for their gym class and travel and save money and work hard and play. And there was this thing that was missing. So in that, I really started to look at what is missing for people. And during my experience there, I did a a personal experiment. And what I did was I turned off my phone for one whole week. I know it was pretty, it it was pretty risky. um, But I had a home phone line in my apartment and I had an office line that I could make calls there. I wasn't going to get lost on my way home or to work. So what came up for me during this time was a lot of emotions, a whole spectrum of emotions. Sometimes I was anxious. Sometimes I was excited to be free and I felt like I could do whatever I wanted and it was fun to be off the grid. And then other times I was, you know, really nervous and I felt isolated and alone and um, I had great conversations. And then there were times where I would go home and I would be like, what am I missing out on? There must be stuff going on. So during that time, I took a lot of notes and that got me really thinking like, what is life like with technology and what is life like without it? And I think that's what really helped me enter into the wellness space in this particular, you know, in this particular way, because I've always been one for technology. I believe in it. I mean, most of my success to, until today has gotten me is because of technology. It's because of social media. It's because of, you know, my connection to people on Facebook and my ability to text and call people. So there's a lot that has to do with that. But on the other hand, there's a lot of freedom that comes from learning how to strike a balance. So that's how it all got started. Yeah, I would absolutely resonate with you on that, that... It really is a balancing act because there are times where I feel like technology is just a little too much a part of my life. There's times where I'll spend my day working and I'm looking at a screen all day. And by the end of the day, I just feel maybe exhausted or just like not my full self or person. But then the times where I am disconnected and I absolutely love it and it's great. But after a while, it's like, okay, I I feel like I do need to check back in with the world. So it is certainly an interesting balance for sure. What you said about checking back into the world, I think is such a big piece, right? Because so many of us, it's a luxury to be able to just check out and go take a break. 
you know, we got, we have responsibilities. And I think one of the biggest things when we talk about striking a balance, it's how can we have daily actions? How can we live our life on a day-to-day basis that is in the balance zone, that isn't too much of any one thing? And I think that's one of the things that I really want to continue to bring forth into the world is no one is saying you have to ditch your phone. No one is saying that you have to turn it off forever. No one's saying you have to turn it in for a brand new basic phone. But what it is, is, you know, what are the benefits of taking time off screen? What are the benefits of leaving it behind if you're going to go get a meal with your spouse or your loved one? You know, especially parents today, you know, our kids need one-on-one eye contact and support and facial recognition. So there's really a lot of impacts that many of us are missing because we've gotten this new, beautiful, shiny tool that gives us everything, but it really doesn't give us everything. So it's a day-to-day practice and it's going to be different for everyone. Yeah, I think you make a really good point that I think sometimes because technology, it's, it's very cool, it's very hip, and when new devices come out, people line up, wait for nights upon nights to get the latest device and it almost or apparently and it markets to us that it's everything that it's everything that we could ever want and that the world is at our fingertips in some ways the world is at our fingertips but you're right there's a lot of things that it doesn't provide us there's a lot of things within this technology that are great that provide us with a lot of great things but there's that human quality that it's missing that you could only get from another human being or a group of human beings. There's something that really, you know, to kind of go back from the beginning of the conversation, I would love for you to talk with us about urban wellness. What exactly is urban wellness and why is it so important? So when we think about the urbanization of cities and our lifestyles over the last I would say 50 years or so, more and more people have been moving to urban areas. That's highly dense, highly populated areas. And living here in New York for the last couple of years, for me, it's very obvious the impacts. We're surrounded by people all day long. We sit close to each other on the subway. You know, some of us have doormans or we have a couple roommates. And there's, there's this tightness. There's this feeling of like, I've got to protect my own space. And, you know, you, you talk so much about deep, meaningful connection with human beings. And in urban environments, one of the things is that we're surrounded by people all the time, yet we feel isolated and alone, disconnected. Yes. And two is that there are environmental factors that are going on around us that are impacting us. The sounds, the lack of sunlight, no trees or natural sounds. When I travel and I go to other areas, my experience of the world is very different. I wake up to maybe the birds chirping or I wake up to crashing waves. And there's, there's, a, there's a universal connectedness that you get when you hear those things. And then I come back to New York and you're in a machine. <laughs> That's such a good way to put it. Yeah, it's like everything we hear, it's some sort of, you know, machine generated noise. So when I think about urban wellness, I think about what can we do as human beings to support our well-being, our inputs, I like to call them. What are we reading? What are we watching? What are we listening to? What's the lighting like in our apartments? Do we have greenery? Are we spending time in nature? Are we awakening our senses? Are we smelling things? Are we taking the time to appreciate life? These are all things. These are all human 
characteristics that need to be catered to. And so when we're living in the city, it's that much more important than we fill our life with those things because it's not readily accessible. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I love how you put it too with inputs and really being very mindful with what we're inputting into our lives. I think that so many of us, we almost live our lives unconsciously and we just do things because that's the way we always did them and we get stuck in this rut and this routine. And then we wake up many years later and we're like, why am I not happy with my life? And it's pretty much that is that you're not putting in the right inputs into your life in order to make you feel full and in order to take care of yourself. And I think that that is something that's extremely important wherever you're living, but I feel like especially in the city because there's so much stimulus coming at you and there's, there's so many different inputs that you could be inputting into yourself and it becomes difficult to figure out which ones are the right ones. And I guess that leads me to another question. How, how can we determine which inputs are the correct ones? Well, correct is definitely a word that is debatable. Yeah, that's true. Correct, yeah, yeah, that's totally subjective. Yeah. Um, one thing that you mentioned is this idea of stimuli, right? There, wherever we are, there's things happening around us, and what we don't really think about is what's the impact of that. So you mentioned being on the computer for an X amount of time. What's happening in your brain is that your mind is firing connectivity on focusing on that screen, on the blue light that's happening. And what's happening is you're desensitizing other areas of your brain that aren't being accessed, that would be accessed if you were smelling a flower. That, that hits a different part of your brain. So what we're doing is rewiring our brain to be hardwired and connected to technology. And in the process, we're missing out on all the other intelligence of our mind. So how to discover the right inputs on a very basic level, I would say, does it inspire you? Does it make you feel light, free, happy, joyful, connected? You know, a lot of the things we just know, we wake up in the morning, we have our coffee, we leave the house, we put on our music, we go to the subway, we pay attention, we grab something to eat, we sit in front of our office. But during that time, like what if we filled it with different smells that we like? What if we listen to certain frequencies on the plane, on the train? So a lot of what I do is I think about from morning until night, what are we filling our life with? And it doesn't have to be a whole long day, like three day retreat. It's what can we do on a day to day basis that's going to optimize us, that's going to make us show up powerfully, present, connected. Um, Yeah. I love that a lot. It's really a matter of being and something that I'm trying to become better at personally and to kind of go off what you said, it's all a matter of being intentional with what you're doing, not only during your day, but what you're allowing into your life. And I think the more intentionally we could live our lives, the more we'll invite happiness and fulfillment into them. Obviously, it's easier said than done. But it, there is like that's a simplicity to that. I think that it's very easy for our lives to become very complex. And it, is that, do you find a matter of a, a, a part of it as well? Is figuring out 
to ways to make our lives less complex in order to have a more balanced lifestyle? Complexity is tough because human beings are complex. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. so hectic, busy, overwhelmed, you know, high strung. Those are maybe things we want to focus on reducing. Yeah. But human beings are complex. You know, we have a brilliant mind, a, you know, complex emotional, like, makeup. And then not to even mention, we've got a spiritual makeup and component to us. And that's a complex life. So it doesn't get less complex. But what we can do is we can be intentional about what we're paying attention to and what we're valuing and how we're spending our time. I think when we think about the younger years of our life, when we were kids, there was something about life that was full of wonder and joy and excitement and everything was new. And if I liked to color and doodle, I did that. And if I wanted to make up songs and sing in the bathroom, I did that. And it's, it's coming back to that. It's coming back to that playfulness and finding playfulness in the everyday, in the mundane, in the rat race. And I think that's the, where the power is. Is it going to be less complex? I don't know. But is it going to be more fulfilling? Absolutely. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with you on that because that's really this idea of playfulness is very central to my work as an actor. I, I believe that when we're at play is when we are most human and we are able to let our guards down and just interact with one another, lose a sense of time and just be together in a, in a fun and inviting way. There's something that you have on your website that really stood out to me kind of going off of everything that we just discussed. Uh, you state that you're using empathy as a technology to rebrand the future of humanity. And I absolutely love this. I'm wondering if you could dive deep into this and explain to us what, what do you mean by this? I'm so excited you pulled that one. Um, with accelerated technology, technology is changing every day, faster and faster each day. Humankind is also a technology. Our ability to sense others, our ability to anticipate others, our ability to be with others, to feel for others, that is a part of our human technology. And one of the big things that I'm out to cause in this world is to remind people of their technology, remind people of their human technology. And an example I can pull is from uh, Dorothy. From the Wizard the of Oz? The Wizard of Oz. All right. The robot. Oh. He'll never have a heart. Yes. Yeah, they'll never have hearts. And so we're coming upon a time where we're realizing that our heart is actually a technology. <laughs> yeah. And so the more wow. we can learn that and we can embrace it and we can give it space and we can get curious about it then we start to realize that we actually have this untapped potential in the way that we connect with one another. Yeah. So how am I doing, how am I rebranding businesses with that in mind? Let's say you have a product or a service and you want to bring it out into the world. If you can make your audience feel something, they're in. That means you have to feel something first. 
That means your product has to be built on the ability to feel. And that means when you're marketing, you want to be empathetic to your customer's needs. And then design your product, your marketing, your communication, your messaging to that need, to that emotional need that people have. I really love that a lot. I think that's so important, both in working as individuals, as human beings in this world, but then also applying that to specifically businesses, corporations. Do you find that the organizations that you've worked with, a lot of them have a hard time with this? A lot of them have a hard time getting their customers to feel a certain way? I think the biggest thing that we're finding is that they're not taking the time to really think about who it is they're speaking to and what they're feeling in the moment. They're kind of just going on the whim of, I've got this product, I know it serves a need, let's put it out there and see what happens. But I think what's unique about my approach is I say, let's really look at who you're talking to. How are they feeling? What's their day like? You know, what do they need to feel happy? What are they missing in their life? What does their family life need? What are they trying to teach to their kids? I go down to the essential nature of human beings and I speak from that place and I work with people to discover that place in their audience. Is it hard for people to rewire in thinking that way? Yes, because we're not thinking that way for ourselves. We're not allowed to feel this way. We can't express ourselves there. We're held back in our relationships. We can't really say how we feel. And with that, it's hard to really expand and break out of that. One of the things when you talk about play, that's confronting for people, for me especially. I don't have a lot of opportunities for me to just play in life. Like, I'm, I'm a serious woman, right? Like, I, I got a business to run. Right. But there's those moments that I can just crack open and... It, sh- it shows me my true colors. And I think that's what people are missing is that, is that freedom, that freedom of expression. And so if businesses can help people to that, I mean, that I think that's the goal. Yeah, it really allows us or an organization to really tap into that human quality. To go back what you were saying earlier, humans are very complex creatures. So it really is working through all these complexities in order to get to that heart and to get to that openness where they are going to be able to set themselves free in that way, to be able to reach out and reach their potential customers and express a message in that way. I think I, I could definitely see how that could be difficult. They have to be willing. We all have to be willing. And sometimes you're not willing. And that's okay. Because it's years and years of programming that feeling is not okay. We're not supposed to feel. We're all up here, all wrapped up up here, all day in the mind. (laughs) For those of you guys listening, Um, we're in the mind. Yeah. And it's a matter of shifting from being in the mind to coming down into our heart and then being able to live from that place where there's trust and there's patience, and there's love, and there's understanding. And these are all characteristics and qualities that if you go on the New York subway, you will not find those. (laughs) Yeah, yes. (laughs) So we have work to do. Right. Do you think that technology, social media, smartphones, 
Do you think these are playing a role in making people feel less free or rather making them feel uh, almost, do you think they're serving as a blockade of people being able to express their freedom? Or do you think it's a vehicle for people to, for people to express their freedom? I think that's an incredible question. And we're at an inflection point. We're at an inflection point where originally the freedom to say whatever you wanted to whoever you wanted, whenever you wanted, with no backlash. That was great. And that, that took us to really wonderful places and also really dark places. Yeah. I think now where we're at is people are recognizing that that is freedom to an extent, but it's limiting. And are they really being heard? I look at typing on a computer screen, typing on our phone. Is that really self-expression? I mean, it is taking the thoughts from our mind processing it and putting it into a rhythmic typing, which ultimately turns out as words. But is that expression? Because I know for myself, when I'm in a tough moment of self-expression and I'm talking face-to-face with someone, I'm like sweating, I'm nervous. I'm like, how am I going to cough this one up? <laughs> That's, that is self-expression. That's breaking through. That's the deep, meaningful connection that we want to have. So when I talk about the inflection point, I think we're out of the place of, I could say whatever I want, I'm free, to, wait a second, there's something more here. There's got to be something more here. And so now you see a big rise in people seeking out communities. They want to be in real life with people. You know, families are taking time from, hopefully more and more families in the future, but they're taking time during their meals together. And they're putting their phones away and they're having conversations. But for younger minds today who are born in the technology era, they don't know the difference. Oh, I'm just texting my friend. I'll just text them. But there's a voice that's missing. And that's the voice that we really need to be paying attention to because that's the voice of freedom. That's the voice of universality. That's the voice of connection, of love. And we're burying it really deep. So, God, it's time to unleash that. And that happens in human connection and one-on-one and time for play and community. It's, it's so important. And I'm trying to figure out, really in my own work as well, because there was a while where I was talking about like, oh, everyone should uh, be off their phones and like experience being off their phones. Not necessarily get rid of them, but just have that time away. And as, you know, there's starting to be a greater conversation on mindful tech use, digital wellness, really trying to figure out our relationship to technology. What do you think are some best practices that families or individuals can implement into their lives to find that balance? Is it really just a matter of putting their phone away for a few hours each day or maybe putting their phone away in like an hour before going to bed? Or is it or is it something that's more than that? It's definitely deeper. It's more of an investigative process, I would say. So first, I always say is notice what you notice. Like when you hear this conversation and when it's over, just notice what you notice about your relationship with technology. 
Are you reaching for it in line? Are you staring at it when you kill time? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling really connected to people? Does it limit you? Does it bring you to a better place? First, just notice what you notice. And that's the best place to start because once we're there, then we can start building habits that make sense for us in our own lives. There's no one size fits all for this. You might really want to look at your phone before you go to bed because that's where your calendar is for the next day and you want to check things through. But when you can look through and see what am I really feeling about my relationship with technology, then you have the power to choose how you're going to move forward from that. So once you notice, I would say, then just start playing around. Leave your phone behind sometimes. Watch what happens when you slide it off your screen and you turn it off. You power it off. What's that initial feeling? Am I nervous? Am I hesitant? What if somebody reaches me? Do I feel free? These are all questions to be really asking ourselves in the process. And then I think one of the third most important piece is don't turn it off without filling your life with something great. Spend time with someone. Have a coffee chat with someone. Go for a walk with your dog without your phone. Go to the park. Sit there for a few minutes. Watch the birds. Make up a story about the birds. Be playful with your time away. But before you turn it off or before you leave it behind, know what you're going to fill that time with. It doesn't have to be like busy work. But what is it going to light you up? What's going to bring you back to your childhood? What's going to unleash that nostalgia for you? And then you'll start to feel like a little bit more in balance. So first, notice what you notice about your relationship with technology. Second is turn it off with intention. And then third is fill your time up with something great, something powerful, something authentic to you. I hope that helped. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. I think what I was really getting excited about what you're saying is that almost like how we have different relationships with different people in our lives, <laughs> I, uh, maybe I shouldn't be recorded saying this, but technology is almost like another person that you have a relationship with. That's so deep. And <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe I'm saying this because I'm always like, oh, like human connection, no technology, but really like how you were saying what you were just saying was really making me think about this, that technology, and I guess more specifically your relationship with your smartphone is almost like your relationship with other people that you want it to be balanced. You don't want to have this clingy relationship and close out everyone else in your life and get all your knowledge from this one person, AKA a phone. It really is about figuring out how you can live and be okay on your own without the device. At the end of the day, it really is about self care. It's about general wellness. That's why I'm a big believer that within this next decade, we're going to see digital wellness as a subset of the whole wellness space, whether it's fitness, health, nutrition, mental health, digital wellness is going to be an aspect of that. So yeah, what, what you were saying it really, really opens my eyes to the fact that it's, it's a relationship. 
the, the, what we have with technology, it's become such a prevalent thing in our life that we need to handle it as if it is a relationship. And I guess, I guess, you know, with that said, maybe it's not that different from our relationship to our work or our relationship to art or, or any other thing or activity we might be involved with. It's another subset. And I think what we need to do is be careful that all of our time is not spent with this technology, that it's only a part of who we are. It's not, it's not all of who we are. And I think, I think sometimes we can fall into that trap, you know, uh, with the Instagram culture or uh, influencer culture that we have, where a lot of people will identify themselves with how many likes that they have, how many comments they receive. And I think that becomes dangerous because then you're attaching your self-worth to what's on, on, in the online space. I can actually speak specific to that. For the last two years in my business, a big piece of my business was being active on social media. And, you know, on a day-to-day basis, I'm sharing about my process and my realizations and I'm giving my heart and soul out there and I'm getting more and more comfortable about sharing and being connected with people. And it was really beautiful. Like, I really felt like so many of my connections came from that. And over the summer, I went away for six weeks and I decided to completely sign off screen. And I thought I was being really smart and strategic when I hired someone to manage my social media account. And it was a few weeks into that when I realized I am so connected to my image. What would happen if I was gone for six weeks? Would I become irrelevant? And that was so real. That was so real to me because I realized I thought I was having a healthy relationship with my technology and my social media account, my presence. I didn't care about the numbers. And it was when I stepped away that I realized my self-worth has been based on the recognition of my sharing. And I am so much more than my brand. And it was in those six weeks when I got to witness myself making connections with people in real life who didn't even have Instagram. They didn't even know what Instagram like was. They didn't even ask for my handle. And it was, how am I showing up in those environments? What am I contributing to that society? That was such a pivotal moment for me when I realized my life beyond my social media account, my life beyond screen is more important for me to focus on. I can still make an impact. I can still light people up. I can still inspire people. I don't need to rely on a platform to do that. That was big for me. That's really beautifully put. And actually, it's very much in line with something I've, I've thought about a lot personally with regards to Instagram, Facebook, social media, just through the nature, especially if you're like ourselves and we're trying to build a career, that what you post online is instinctually part of your brand. And I love what you said, that you are more than your brand. That, yes, maybe the brand is like an essence of you, but it's certainly not all of you. And I think that sometimes we can get confused about that. 
I think that sometimes we can see somebody as their brand or as their career and just label them as that. And at the end of the day, like it's not, that's not what it is. And I think that when you really take the opportunity to interact with someone in person and get to know who they are as a human being, that sort of connection is going to make a world of a difference over just following them on Instagram. Two things. I mean, first, I don't want to discredit it because it opens up a lot of doors. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be here in front of you right now if it wasn't for that. <laughs> yes, very true. So it's it does open up a lot of doors, but it's the idea of like really how, how connected to, we, to it are we? And who are we surrounding ourselves with in life that are reminding us of us who we really are and not just who we display ourselves as? I was showing up in life, walking in the door showing up as the person I knew people in that room expected me to be. (laughs) Not always myself. Yeah. And that was hard because like as an influencer, as a face of something, you have to show up. It doesn't matter. You're showing up as that person. And I I think it kind of pulled me away a little bit. And the other thing is that I notice when you talk about it, and I don't want to call you out, but there's this sigh There's this sigh of like, you know, Instagram and social media and it's, it's true and it's not just you. And it's so important that we're having this conversation because it's that realization of like, this is bringing burden to my life in some way. And how can we turn it from being burdensome to being powerful? Yeah. How can we look at this as like, I'm going to write something. And whoever it inspires, whoever it touches, whoever reads it, hopefully it changes their day. If that's your intention behind it, then perfect. If we're coming from a place of like, oh, oh, okay, I got to write this post. It's got to go out. I've got to be active on social media. I got to put my brand out there. (laughs) Suddenly it's like ripping all the fun from it. Right, right. But there's high stakes and there's pressure. But I think noticing that sigh of being like, what is my intention in this? Why am I sharing this? And if we can live in that space, I think that we'll find a lot more freedom in it. Yeah, I absolutely love that. It's to go off what we were saying before about coming up against something with intention and what is our intention with this. And I I appreciate you calling me out too because it really is something that I'm trying to work through is my relationship with social media specifically, there's some platforms that I'm much more responsive to than others. And figuring out how to make it something that I am personally excited about or going into it with the intention of, okay, I'm going to post this and maybe it'll make somebody feel good. I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of it is changing just the mindset of the approach while at the same time maintaining balance. I'm wondering if you could speak to how technology helps form community. And then also to kind of go off the balance, how can we use technology to support our communities? And then how can we eliminate technology to support our communities? So technology brings us in the face of like-minded people. 
we can find them. We type in, you know, photographers in New York City meetup group. We can type in, if we're struggling with an illness, or if we're struggling with something in life, we can type in to Google and find people in our area, find people nearby that we can speak to. That's causing community. That's creating community. To know that you can log onto your computer at any time and find someone who will resonate with you. That's important because I've been on a spiritual journey for the last couple of years. Um, my mom does not understand fifth dimensional like meditation practices, but suddenly like that's in my life and I want friends to talk about that with. So the world opens up when you know what you're looking for online. Where it pulls us away is when we're not sure what we're looking for and when we're looking for who we are. And then suddenly we're not sure if we're good enough to even be connected with these people. And so I would, I would challenge people to look at your life and say, what's important to you? What would you want your community to consist of? What do you feel like is lacking in your life? And whatever those things are, I guarantee you can find it. And if you can't find it, the beauty of technology is that you can start it. Make a page. Start writing about it. Put yourself out there and you will attract the people who see the world in the way that you do or who are struggling with the things that you're struggling with. I love that so much. (laughs) It's so good. It makes so much sense because something that I personally love about technology is that it allows me to connect to like-minded individuals like yourself. We wouldn't have met if it weren't for technology. And it has allowed me to meet some incredible people. I love what you're saying because while I still am figuring out who I am as an individual and obviously learning and growing throughout my career, I feel like I'm approaching technology with a mindset of, at least when it comes to connecting with people, knowing who I want to connect with, knowing who I want to reach out to, and knowing who I want to talk about things that I am also passionate about. And I can't imagine being 11, 12, 13 years old, entering this online space, having the slight, well, no slightest idea of really who I am. Granted, when I was like 14, I had a MySpace, but that was, I feel like that was a little different than what it's become today. Yeah. And so it's, it's really this interesting thing of like, how does technology weave into who we are and how much of technology is a part of who we are? Well, when you mentioned MySpace, I mean, that was a, that was a creative design platform. We got to choose our background and we got to choose our friends. Oh yeah. It was <laughs> like, so much fun. I it was it. a, it was an experience. Yeah. But now we're kind of just like plug and play. Well, this is the way that it works and I have to like do what I can to make it personal. So it's a little bit less of a creative experience, I would say, although you can get really creative with it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting seeing the, the evolution of things for sure. Alexa, Thank you so much for joining us on the ship's podcast. I really appreciate you coming out on the show and also really appreciate the work that you're doing and working in urban wellness and really bringing wellness practices to people who are looking for balance in their lives, really looking for balance in both the way they interact with technology, the way they interact in their relationships 
and really just providing this service to people as well as businesses and companies to be able to find a better balance with who they are as individuals. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Absolutely. Before we head out, I'm wondering if you could share with our listeners just some information as where as to where they can find out more about you and your work. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm directing more and more people to my website, which is alexaeden.com, where it outlines a lot more of what I'm doing, how I do it, and some of the work that I've done up until this point. I'm getting more active on Instagram. If you want to join me there, you're definitely more than welcome. Um, but for me, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll hear the podcast and you can check me out on Instagram, but I'm, I'm around, I'm available. Website is the best way to really get in touch with me and um, you can connect with me there, schedule time with me if you'd like to talk. And I'm really excited that I was able to be on this with you and to share these things. I mean, we opened up a lot and <laughs> yeah. there's plenty more to talk about. I mean, we could talk about this for a long time. Oh, I could talk to you for like another few hours probably. <laughs> So I want to thank you again. And I think just to close off on this idea of finding balance, it's, I think it starts with our, our perspective on it. And there's no one way to do it. There's no one way to you know, take time off your screen. But there are daily habits that we can take on that will help us live uh, better and give our mind a break and start getting us back in touch with the essence of who we really are as human beings. Um, and uh, remember that the city... It's a tough place to be. Cities are tough. Even if you're in Los Angeles, if you're in Miami, if you're in Chicago, being in an urban environment is tough and it, it has impacts on us and it affects us. So just to be kind to ourselves and to realize that we don't have to be a victim of it all, but we can start to take daily actions that are going to make us feel better, look better, connect with people better. Um, so really that's, that's the goal and whatever your journey is to get there. I wish you the best of luck. And uh, hope to be in touch with some of you guys soon. And thank you so much for having me, Pat. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alexa. Yeah. Alexa Eden, everyone. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Ships Podcast. Alexa was really giving us a lot of great actionable tips that we are able to implement in our lives in order to discover a better balance with who we are, our relationships with other people, and just our overall awareness of the world. So Alexa, thank you so much for joining us on the show. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, leave a comment, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. I would really appreciate it. Also, if you have the Anchor app, call in and leave a voicemail. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode or in other episodes. And said voicemail may be released on a future episode of Ships. So please call in. You also have the opportunity to support this podcast. Supporting this podcast will allow me to continue producing episodes with insightful messages and inspiring guests. So please support if you are able to. You just need to scroll down in the show notes and click the link provided. Also, if you're interested in having me as a guest speaker at your upcoming event, head on over to patmcandrew.com. You'd be able to find all the information in there. I really enjoy speaking at corporate events, educational institutions, community events, so please feel free to get in touch with me if you are interested. As always, thank you so much for tuning into the Ships Podcast. It's because of you, it's because of our listeners that we are able to spread this message about the importance of genuine 
meaningful, deep connections and relationships. So until next time, I'll catch you soon.